My name is Stephanie, and this is Despite It All. I'd just like to open us up in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day and just all the wonderful things you've given us. Please open our heart to receive, to receive you, to receive blessings, and above all, to receive your peace. And in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to thank you for joining us wherever you are and um, wherever you are in your journey, wherever you are physically. I am just so thankful and grateful that you found this. And uh, my hope is that it helps. It helps you. It helps your relationships, everything. And so with the title being Despite It All and me being me, I like knowing the definitions of words, the exact definitions. And so the definition of despite is without being affected by or in spite of. And then, of course, we have some synonyms, regardless of without being affected by, in the face of, even with, undeterred by. So my good friend suggested that I started a, that I start a podcast to bring hope and healing to others that live in the world of despites. She said, I reminded her of Ruth in the Bible. First of all, as long as you're not being compared to Jezebel, it is an honor to be compared to any woman in the Bible. Now, I'm not exactly sure of why I remind her of Ruth, but here's a little of Ruth's story. Ruth was originally from Moab, which was described by God himself in Psalms as his wash basin. And the amplified version hilariously adds a note to say, i.e., the household pot used for washing the feet. So I think you get the gist of Moab. That is where Ruth is from. It was a godless country. Ruth was loyal and stayed with her mother-in-law, Naomi, despite Ruth's husband's death. Ruth decided to go back with Naomi to Naomi's hometown of Bethlehem of Judah, despite it being an unknown land with an unknown God. Ruth gathered grain left behind by the workers, despite being a foreign woman in that town. Ruth followed her mother-in-law's instructions about courting Boaz, their family redeemer and the owner of the field Ruth had been working in, despite the unknowns. Ruth became the great-grandmother of King David, a direct ancestor to Jesus, and one of only five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus, despite not being of royal lineage and from being from Moab. God shows us we can be used by Him 
despite our past, how we were raised, or even what we did yesterday. Some of my despites include being here, and some days that's a big deal, and staying positive, loving, and maintaining a giving heart despite battling with mental illness, both of my own and other family members. Despite having my first child two months after graduating high school, despite the sobering realization that my now husband was an addict as I drove him to his first rehab when our second daughter was one and a half years old. Despite finding out that he had an affair that led to a child after dropping him off at his second rehab stay and everything that followed with the custody battle amongst other things that come with the territory. And despite choosing to stay through it all, even to the point of getting married after the affair and amidst the addiction. I wouldn't dare assume what all your despites might be, but I would love for you to tell me. I would love to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep, just like Romans twelve fifteen tells us to do. I would love to be praying over you and your despites because you have made it this far despite your situation, despite your circumstances, despite other people's choices, despite your failings, despite it all, you are here. Galatians 6.2 tells us to carry one another's burdens, and this is how we fulfill the law of Christian love. I want to go on this journey with you where we are sharing each other's burdens, even if only in spirit, because that's all it takes. Despite not being able to sing, even though I did sing for some chemistry Christmas music videos, I love songs. They say everything I can't or don't know how to or in such a better way. For that, I'm grateful. I'm actually going to tell you something that I have never spoken out loud. In a world that is constantly triggered by anyone and everything, I don't want to be that person. However, actually being triggered is a real thing. And the sooner you know your triggers, the quicker you will be able to do something about it. Music is that trigger for me. I suppose triggers can be positive and negative, but the connotation is usually negative. But I'm choosing to see it as both. When I listen to mainstream music, 
anywhere from country to rap, it negatively triggers me into old mindsets. Before I knew Jesus, before I was married, before I had kids, and so on, it negatively shifts my mood. It is actually crazy the things that it makes me think about and ruminate on. A lot of my past and ongoing issues start and stay in my mind. Solomon essentially tells us, or better yet, warns us in Proverbs 23, 7, we are what we think. Think about that for a second. Pun intended, of course. To remedy our not great thought life, the Passion Translation puts Romans 12, 2 like this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. One practical way for me to practice this inward transformation was using a summarized version of 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5. We use God's mighty weapons to destroy strongholds and false thoughts. We take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I am a very visual person. So I would literally imagine taking a thought captive, usually by its weak little neck, and holding it up, surrendering it to Jesus, and making it obey Him. I've been in God's Word enough to know Jesus's character. I know He is good and gentle kind and loving, truthful, never failing, trustworthy, dependable, giving, and so much more. So when a thought goes against those things, I have an idea of how they would be obedient to Christ. I know how they should be in alignment with Jesus. This is why later After Paul told the church in Corinth to take every thought captive, he was writing to the church of Philippi and told them to fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The Amplified Version adds, Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. How would your life be different if you did just that? If you refused to conform to this world and its negativity? 
if you fixed your thoughts on Jesus and his nature, if you took every thought captive and made it obedient to Christ, part of doing that may just mean simply avoiding your negative triggers. For me, one of those is secular music. So, Yes, I only listen to Christian music, Caleb specifically. It triggers me to be grateful, to feel the Holy Spirit, reaffirm my faith, fix my eyes on Jesus, be in a good mood, and all the things. Some things that are negative triggers, you won't be able to just simply avoid or cut out of your life. One thing that fits that bill for me is confrontational and manipulative people. I happen to be married to one and have the pleasure of being a mom to another. Obviously, I can't just avoid them. But of the negative triggers that I can control, that I can avoid, that I can change, I do. I make every effort to do so, even if it's a daily effort. Jesus tells us to take up our cross daily, even when it's hard. But He's here to help us do that. He never leaves us. And never forsakes us. Then, as I change the things that I can, I'm better able, ready, and equipped to handle those other negative triggers in my life. Still with God's help, of course. So, this week, I want you to do two simple things, despite if they are hard at first, despite feeling opposition, and despite your busy schedule. You are worth your own time and attention. The first one is easy. Avoid and avoidable negative trigger. It can be so small. It can be huge. You get to decide. It can be a person, a place, an object, a show, a song, a food, a drink, a picture, an old letter, a movie, specific clothing, Whatever it is for you that invokes negative feelings and thoughts, but it has to be actually avoidable. So no, unfortunately, your boss wouldn't be avoidable uh, unless, you know, you are willing to quit, which I've recently done just that. (laughs) However, nothing too rash. Other people may or may not 
even notice, especially not immediately. And that is absolutely okay. You are the one that has to live with yourself every day. And your value is more precious than jewels. And your worth is far above rubies or pearls, as Proverbs 31 31 reminds us. So, avoid an avoidable negative trigger. The second thing I want you to do is think of one lie you either tell yourself, let yourself believe, others have said and you ruminate on, or some or all of the above. Think of a lie you think about yourself. I'm never good enough. I'm never enough. I will never get better. I can't change. I will always be like this. I will never lose weight. I will always be tempted. I'll never have it all together. I will always be sick. I'm a bad parent. No one could love me, not even God. I'm too far gone. There's no hope for me. I'll never accomplish anything. I'm a bad spouse. I will never be financially stable. I've told myself all of these and so many more, more than I would like to admit. I'm sure you definitely have more than one lie as well, but that is too much to tackle. Along with songs, I love quotes. So, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And a thousand mile journey begins with one step. These are so comforting to me. They tell me I don't have to do it all. And I definitely don't have to do it all at once. And neither do you. Pick one single lie. It can be the loudest one the hardest one, the easiest one, the most recent one, the oldest one, you choose. After you choose the lie, take it captive. Hold it up figuratively or literally on a piece of paper or something. Surrender it to Jesus and make it obedient to him. So how the heck do you do that exactly? Well, Jesus is the truth and the truth will set you free. Take that lie and replace it with God's truth about you. You can even find a Bible verse that goes with it. Probably a third of my phone's search history is something like, Bible verse about. What does the Bible say about? Where in the Bible does it say? (laughs) 
even though I have read the Bible several times, I just remember the gist or summaries of the books, but I have to look it up practically every single time when I'm looking for a specific verse or its exact wording. So if you're listening and think, wow, she really knows her scripture, or you think I've gone and memorized parts of the Bible, that is just not the case. So feel very confident in your ability to Google. I suggest a Bible app. I personally have the version Bible app. Replace one lie with God's truth about you and think about that, just like Philippians 4.8 tells us to do. Center your mind on it and implant it in your heart. Write it on a sticky note. Write it on several sticky notes. Put them places where you will see them throughout the day. My personal go-to are note cards that I carry with me. Just read it to yourself. Meditate on it. Even if you don't believe yet what you wrote, you have at least identified the lie. And that's half the battle. If you're anything like me, you might be long-winded, with a three-point plan, a scripture, and an accompanying prayer to go along with it. But that's not necessary. You can absolutely do that, and more power to you. But keeping it simple is perfect, too. The two things you're going to do this week are avoid an avoidable negative trigger. And replace a lie about yourself with God's truth. We are all on different journeys. And your road to healing and hope is going to look very different from mine or the next person. So don't look outwardly in comparison. Instead, Look in your heart, because that is where Jesus lives. Have a blessed day.